with your dad. Oh, well, that's a, generally speaking, a good good thing to do. Unless yeah. your dad's a murderer. I, so that's why I said generally. My dad is not a murderer. He's a he's quite a swell fella. Or he steals go karts to weld them all together to make mecha go kart. Uh, I don't see the problem. That's kind of like a Robin Hood thing, you know. <laughs> it's good to have hobbies. You're stealing from people who have the go karts to create the go kart Voltron. I don't see a downside. <laughs> I, I'm agreeing with Joe here. This is this is a good use of time. I'm I'm pretty on board with uh, this this Voltron go kart. I, I like the idea of this. Although it is just begging for kaiju to follow along with it or something. Yeah, once you weld together a bunch of go karts, that's when the kaiju finally come. Can can we tell the story of a historical thing uh, and make it our own? Can we call it Kaijulia Caesar? Ooh, God damn I'm, it! I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Six Semper Kaiju. Julius? Oh, no. <laughs> God, I, it almost worked. It hurts. There's something definitely on that top shelf that we're reaching for. It hurts. And it's not... Can we stop? It hurts a lot. And it's not Can the fettuccine sauce for... Or it's not the Alfredo sauce oh, for the fettuccine. Oh, don't not start with that right now. I have not had coffee. <laughs> oh, I've had pretty much a pot. We're good. Nice. Let's begin, boys. <laughs> I'm Joe. I'm Ken. I'm Andrew. And I'm Dan. And we're the Rewinders Podcast, rewinding movies to see if they hold up. And this time, we tuned our dials and fidgeted with our antennas until we could watch the movie UHF. I assume everyone except Dan has some sort of history with this film. Oh, yes. Your assumption is correct. (laughs) You know... Growing up around nerds, you you end up having that one friend who really, really, really likes Weird Al. Yeah. And they uh, recommend <laughs> this movie comes out a high recommendation. Couldn't have put it better. Um, that is such a great description. <laughs> you have one really good Weird Al enthusiast. I heard so much about this movie, like, growing up, but never watched it. Like, it just, people just like, yeah, UHF is really funny. And, like, we should watch it, and then it never happens. What's wrong with your friends? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that could be on my friends. This ha- this seems to happen a lot with you. Like, oh, this should it happen, does. and it never happens. Nope, that's, that's, my, that's life. Okay. Life is beautiful. It's wonderful. Let's make it happen. Nah. Now, see, now, that's a, that's a really good movie. Life is beautiful. That does not fall in our time period for this podcast. I, I, I'm aware. It looks much older because, you know, Nazis, but... It's a very good movie. Definitely worth the feels that they put out there. However, definitely not in the same type of movie at all. No, no. Our nerd friends from middle school and high school did not nerd out about Nazis. (laughs) That movie like they did this movie. That would have been really uncomfortable if they did. Just a little bit. Uh, Oh, well, okay, not that movie, the Nazis. Uh, it would be uncomfortable if they nerded out about Nazis like that. Yeah. Uh, that'd be, <laughs> oh man. Anyway. I was first introduced to this during, you know, one of one of many overnights with friends. It was like, we're watching Naked Gun and laughing our asses off. And then you got that one friend who's a huge Weird, weird Al enthusiast. And it's like, oh my god, UHF. It's like, what's well, UHF? Oh my god, what do you mean, what is UHF? It's like, UHF 
Naked Gun and Basketball all had their place in, in some sort of conversation. <laughs> so that's where I was introduced to UHF. And uh, yeah, I, I think the only memory for me that uh, has always been foggy until like two viewings ago, maybe, is I always thought UHF had Roadkill caught on tape because I watched Basketball and UHF around the same time. <laughs> so I always confused that one segment. But otherwise, I remember everything else about this movie like the back of my hand. I could see that. Not even go out on a limb here and say that it has crafted a majority of my humor. I, I can see I can see where it came from. This movie absolutely just, <laughs> it feels like something that's split up. I can, I can see that. Spatula City is still one of the things that just, <laughs> oh, it just resonates with me so well. The kids bouncing in the back seat all excited to go. It's just, there's a, there's a lot in this movie to like for me. Oh, there's a ton in this movie to like. It's just put out there so it's it's definitely a movie you have to be in the right frame of, frame of mind to watch yes absolutely yeah for me this was a movie that came out a i think full year before i made a big move with my family and i say big move but if i actually said where we moved you'd be like that's like an hour away that's not a big move but believe me it it did change up things quite a bit and so this kind of got i think lost in the shuffle when it was released but it came back really hard as I was in, I'll say, middle school. Because unlike, it sounds like everyone else who had a singular Weird Al fan in their <laughs> friend group, I was in a friend group where we basically all were really big fans of Weird Al. So Okay, no, yet, um, yet, I'm... Yet. <sighs> <laughs> Ken was the friend. I should uh, preface what I said with I did listen to Weird Al. I did enjoy uh, yeah. jamming out to those tunes. Um, I would be in the same boat, Ken. They were very funny to me, and they were very fun. However, there was friend who was deep in, uh, deep into much, it, much, 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 much more. Yes, same here. Yes. Same here. I wasn't the one mm -hmm. who listened to him when he was on Doctor Demento. I didn't have that history with Weird Al. My other friends did. This movie came up a lot because everyone else had already seen it and I at that point you know a few years later had not and then fell in love with it because as Andy says this this humor is like right up my alley. I also find it funny that you bring up Spatula City because that's one of my favorite highlights of the film as well <clears throat> to the point that um, when I was watching it this time round I kind of just had to shake my head and realize that I stayed in local television for 10 years and that's <laughs> very possibly because of this movie and I kept trying to make local tv commercials more <laughs> like the local tv commercials in this film and yeah. i i'm not stretching the truth here at all no i loved making cheesy ass whatever boundaries i could push i'd push them for local cheese ball commercials it was so much fun when i could do that that's amazing that option was very small yeah i, I bet it, it, it's funny how it all comes full circle too because ever since i first met you joe the very first vibe I got from you is you reminded me so much of fucking Philo. <laughs> I was like, wow, he's just like Philo. Oh my. And sure enough, watching it through this time again, it's like, holy shit, that's you. That's just like, <laughs> I take it. I like Philo. Oh, so good. And I had no idea. I actually, I actually looked him up. My mom was obsessed with General Hospital all throughout my childhood. She was always recording it, always taping it, watching it. Freaked out if it didn't if it didn't record right. She was obsessed with Luke and Laura, and I had no freaking clue that it was played by Anthony Geary, 
the guy who plays Luke in General Hospital. <laughs> I never noticed that. I never caught the face because it's behind all the beard and everything. I don't I, mm. I guess not. These are all words I don't know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> to wind up my history overall with this. So, as I said, like I got into making local TV commercials and one of my favorite things that was so on the precipice of happen- happening, but I had to leave the field in order to make good money <laughs> and uh, <laughs> not fall down the wormhole of a business that doesn't care about its employees, because uh, I hate to break it to everyone. Local TV isn't as cool to work in as it used to be. I got in on the back end, and now it's all about funneling money to the rich people that own the company. That's it. Well, I'm also sure that most local stations aren't run by people like uh, like we have. <laughs> no. <laughs> but my one last big push that I had that I was always trying to do for years was there was a, a kitchen company in the area... And I had the ear of the guy who owned it, and I kept pushing. I'm like, you need to do a spatula sale. So you have to get all these cheap (laughs) spatulas that you stamp your logo and your name and your business and your phone number and your contact, your website and that on it, and you sell them for dirt cheap, like 50 cents or a dollar. You you give them away with a purchase. Or that. And the whole point was that you needed to have this spatula when the spatula sale starts so that you can take part in the sale. And then I was going to make these crazy ads with people screaming and holding up their spatulas and rushing into the store. And it was going to be so, so much matched to this. And it never uh, happened. And I openly would blame the uh, account manager for for that account and she didn't appreciate that <laughs> but as always with love i'm sad for you i'm sad for uh, you. that wasn't cook's corner was it i'm not gonna say names that's a really good call <laughs> could have sworn they did a spatula sale at one point oh if they did those mother <laughs> <laughs> they took your idea anyway <laughs> Well, and then there's Dan and your history. <laughs> what history? What? And you you said you you just never had you no one ever why why it, why did no just, one ever watch this? Movie, I don't know. Man? It never it never came up, man. Like I'm sorry, don't kill me. It just never did. But you said it came up, and then you just never. But again, people bring it up, and we never. No one ever. You never push the envelope. Do you hate Weird Al? That's what I'm hearing. I appreciate Weird Al. All right, we're gonna let you off this time. Uh. But. <laughs> But next time when this happens, Dan, oof. What am I? What 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 am I gonna defend it with? Like, oh, I'm sorry that like my friend group is all you know would rather be playing video games than watching movies. Uh, Ryan, rest assured that uh, next time you have an opportunity, somebody says you should watch this. You know that you should watch it right away because there's cer- definitely a certain oeuvre that goes with a movie like this that you can't let uh, pass away in the uh, in the sands of time. If you don't watch this movie in middle school, it's it's really going to be lost on you. I, I think I'll agree <laughs> yeah, with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's very formative in your in your early years when you're trying to develop who you are and what you think is funny. Yes. Absolutely. And if you have not seen this film and you don't know the story of it, here's a quick summation. It's a goddamn favorite dream. <laughs> yeah. Guy can't hold a job because... He daydreams too much. And then his uncle, his, it's his uncle, right? Yeah. Uh, ends up winning a local crap TV station in a card game. And then the aunt says, give it to George. He'll 
make good with it. It's just, a, you know, what what's the worst going to happen? It's going to tank anyway, so let him tank it. And gives him something to do. And then, basically, Uncle then ends up in the hole, decides to sell off the TV station in order to uh, save his ass from uh, people that are going to break his kneecaps from losing money. And uh, instead, George raises money to save the station. And that's it. Now, in between... The simple story is where all the shenanigans happen because it's a sketch movie. There's a little undercurrent of George then makes the TV station work accidentally. And through that happy accident, that's how he's able to raise the money plus luck to save the station. And it's a lot of fun and juvenile. That's good. Serious question before we get into all the fun stuff. Was... R.J. Fletcher responsible for him losing the bet? I thought or was so. was that just... I thought it so. It just so happened. Like, it seemed way too much of a happenstance. I've always wondered that, and I think in this viewing, it, it cemented that for me, because he calls immediately after. There's there's no way in hell that it's just that coincidental. He has to... I mean, he's a seedy guy. He's shown as a seedy guy. He's shown as just this guy who does not give a crap about anyone or anything but money. I, I guarantee he had something to do with that, that bet going under, because up until that point... They had shown that Harvey wins every single thing he does. Like, he's the luckiest guy. So for him to just all of a sudden lose... Or was he propped up by this TV guy for some reason? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I got the feeling that he wasn't winning on uh, due to luck or purpose. Like, I I got the feeling that he was winning because somebody was wor- working the back end for him, and he just didn't know. I mean, that's possible, too. I don't know. And why does Big Louie operate out of this small town? He was physically there in the movie. That doesn't make much sense. But I guess if you're a big underground bets and illegal activity guy, staying in a small town may not be a bad thing. I don't know. But you you mean you don't have a a intrinsic knowledge of underground like business transactions? How dare you, Joe? Yes, Dan. I do not have knowledge of CD underground black market economies or how they're run. You're right. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I think it's going to be pretty easy to talk about things that we like about this film. Uh, you know, we could all go through our favorite bits. Mine uh, growing up was always Crazy Eddie <laughs> for some reason, just because yep, it's... Yep. So bizarre. It is. As an adult, I feel really bad for laughing at that. Because <laughs> clubbing the baby seal or... <laughs> it's the whole combination of what he's saying and what the seal is doing. Because mm-hmm. he's... I wrote the... I mean, I may have summarized just a tad bit because <clears throat> it's also one of my favorite lines in that... Eh, where did I put it? If no one buys a car f- from me in the next... Must have been day... Uh, in the next whatever, I'm going to club this baby seal. I'll club a baby seal to make a better deal. And the whole time, the seal that's sitting on the hood of the car is like, hur, 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 clapping his fins and nodding his head and being all happy. That's why I love that moment. <laughs> <Yep>. mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a great one. the seal is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's going to murder me. Let's make a deal. Probably my favorite interaction in the entire film. Every time I watch it, I forget it's coming and I just get excited every time it happens because I, I burst out in laughter every time. It's uh, when they first meet Fran Drescher at the secretary. Yeah. <laughs> that is so well played. The way she just blows up and just vents off so much steam and he just... George's eyes just go wide for the rest of the duration of that conversation. 
it's just he's frozen staring it's so at good it. i love that scene absolutely love it and i mean yeah it's it's tough to not go through like everything in here because i mean it's just it's just gonna be a glorifying situation of going through every single bit being like that one's funny that one's funny yeah this one's funny too but i mean it's just it's fun i, I think for me finding out what other people's favorites were because my friend who introduced me to this his favorite hands down was uh conan the librarian sure that's sure. what he talked about coming into the film <laughs> yeah. he's obsessed with it <laughs> that's uh that that one's mine. That's <laughs> pretty good. Yeah. It's also a good quote. Yeah, the Dewey Decimal System. I had a friend who quoted that constantly. <laughs> and that same thing with the NRA guy. I, guns don't kill people. I do. And that crazy face he makes. Like, there's just... There's so it much sets to up love. a real weird precedence. And I wonder how much <laughs> of that is still alive today, only not in parody. Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Now people say that for... Like, oh, Jesus Christ. Calm down there, dude. Yeah, exactly. But, uh... <sighs> Still, yeah, it's still wonderful. Yeah. I had something I forgot. I would say for me, though, the biggest highlight is if you could in any way, shape, or form encapsulate my sense of humor and and actually put it out for people to see and understand, it is Stanley Spadowski, and it is specifically the marble and the oatmeal scene. But, I mean, everything (laughs) else comes into play. You know, the mop getting it for his birthday and, and, you know, all the the ridiculousness of the... Of his character, but the marble and the oatmeal. Like, I've never seen anything about my sense of humor ingrained and, and like, spewed out onto screen for me to actually actually ingest done so openly like that. So, it, it's funny for me to watch this film and get to that scene because it just, it feels like somebody talked to me to make that. It feels like somebody reached in my brain to make that scene. It's just... That is so me, it's not even funny. And I, I love this movie And I'll let that. you say that out loud. I, hands down agree with your observation here that is absolutely your kind of mm-hmm. humor. it's just ridiculous i stopped i i, I had a drink from the fire hose what <laughs> i had a ticks going of how many times i'm just like that's an andy joke that's an andy joke that's an andy joke i stopped counting after god what's five it minutes. was like five minutes into the movie <laughs> i was joking but uh, I mean, the start of the movie sets it up so well. Uh, it's, you know, you got Weird Al, and everyone knows Weird Al from doing par- parodies of music. So if you're going to do a movie, you might as well do parodies of movies. And so he starts off right there with a parody of a movie, and then, like, Indiana Jones, yay. And, like, kind of a scene for scene reshot, just like when he does the songs, only with his own flair. So whipping off the guy's arm, all the warning signs. Yeah, uh, watch out for falling boulders. The falling All the rocks being gone, just that one being there. Yep. Oh yeah, falling rocks. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, absolutely a service to Weird Al and what he's done. Yeah, I mean he's a great parodier, and this is the biggest platform he's ever had to launch those parodies from. And yeah, I I can agree and understand and sympathize with the negative reviews because it is sketch after sketch after sketch after sketch. But I love the way it's put together in this film, and for me personally, I th- I feel like it works. I know there's a lot of people who didn't feel that way, and the reviews kind of show that, but it's not a critic movie. It's not something that is going to be a critical, lauded masterpiece. It is very much meant for certain people. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, there are sketch movies that have sketches, and there's no explanation for the sketches. It's just sketch, sketch, sketch. Here, they openly open the movie telling you why there are sketches, because the guy can't stop daydreaming. He he doesn't exactly. have control of that functionality yet. So that's how 
it fades in between. And then the TV station just gives rise to other sketches because he's running a TV station. So now we have sketches for TV commercials and TV shows. It's honestly and then it becomes perfect. a fever dream. <laughs> like, absolute fever dream where he's all of a sudden trying to rescue Stanley Spadowski and Rambo oh, yeah. in the middle yeah. of, like, where does the realness start and stop? And, oh, man, I was just... It's always so confusing once you get to that bit of movie. Yeah, yeah. And, and until he busts down that door, it's... Yeah, that's that's where the laughs really come. <laughs> but even that, like, you're... You're still laughing. I know. Because it's so ridiculous. And I'm laughing more at that segment because that's what Stallone ended up looking like gross old man muscles in the later (laughs) movies. It's like, oh, you look like Weird Al with a bodysuit on now. (laughs) Not going to lie, though, that was a really good bodysuit. It was a really good bodysuit. Because I I definitely questioned whether or not Weird Al was ripped. Yeah. I didn't question it. I just believed that he was. <laughs> and then I remembered it's Weird Al, so probably not. But like, it, it just didn't. I didn't find myself being like, "Oh, is that actually him or not?" I just went with it because why not? Suspension of disbelief is very important for me in movies. Yes, yes. I know you guys have all like picked on a bunch of the stuff that I wrote about already. I thought like going in not knowing. Anything other than the fact that I was to expect a high level of absurdism because it's Weird Al. This movie is actually really quite good. The, the plot moves pretty steadily throughout the movie, and you would think that these skits would, like, severely hamper how that plot's moving, but they don't. And I wonder if I, I'm looking at this more critically because of how badly the life of brian was <laughs> what well I'd, I'd even jump on dan and say that in comparison and, and this is going to take a lot for me to say but i will wholeheartedly back this i feel like after watching this and after watching the films we have been watching this movie compared to like the naked gun and compared to my previous uh experience watching uh hot shots and things like that it, and and hell even like uh top secret and everything else it makes parody movies like this movie looks like a goddamn masterpiece in that class because like you said the plot is there it's in your face you know what the goal is you know what's happening the entire time i would argue that the naked gun even though it has a plot and it's going from point a to point b it's still just absurdity trying to get to the next goofy thing same thing with hot shots and everything else that i've mentioned it's just this movie is a movie first just jam-packed full of scene-stealing goofiness scene after scene after scene. But I never lost track of what the endpoint was. Everything was right in your face. Yeah, as soon as they put the uh, endpoint in there, there was always an endpoint. Like, at first, the endpoint is, oh, I gotta get a job. And then, which, let's stop here for a second. Why did Bob lose his job, too? So he could become Bobbo the Clown. And eat okay, dog biscuits. and eat dog biscuits. Yeah, he's <laughs> <laughs> <his> dog treats. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I just... Uh, uh, it's a valid point. I, I don't know, It's it, it just felt like anything that he did with George, George pulled him down. I, I, I don't understand why he got thrown out of the building with Big Edna as well, but it, it happened. That, that led us to some beautiful Twinkie Wiener sandwiches. Mainly because, you know, a movie had to happen, but still. It doesn't make much sense, you're right. So, and there's that, and, you know, it's fine. It, does not, it doesn't have to make sense. It's a parody movie. Maybe Bob had a questionable work ethic anyway. And uh, was barely skimping by, and there were rules that he was, I don't know, they didn't go into it, they don't have to go into it. He got thrown out too, and went comically high into the air and splat. (laughs) Yeah. Wait, so we started with that, why did I go, Hmm. hooray! (laughs) 
I forgot what I was going to say after that. I'll jump on and say I love the character Noodles. Yes, mm. that was that was my other big note, Noodles. Because <laughs> the he, scene where he falls down. <laughs> he could have been treated as, look, he's tiny. Ha ha ha. That's funny. Yup. And you could say that that first scene with him does depend on him being short because of the camera angle and stuff like that. But at, after that, there is no point that him being in the movie needs him to be small. And I, I really like that. And that's just it. It's it's not funny that he's small. It's not funny that he's short. I mean, yeah, it is funny watching the uh, the news team being like, what what the hell's going on with their facial expressions as, as they're looking at the camera panning through the crowd, or walking through the crowd. But when he falls down and he makes that face and the single teardrop, that's what I laugh at. Just because there's so much emotion in that. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes back and then he's strip solitaire. He's running that TV show later. Yep. <laughs> strip solitaire. And he's still completely clothed. And the other guy's... <laughs> totally clothed. And the other guy's just so downtrodden. Well, wouldn't you be? <laughs> Absolutely. It was played very well. It's not quite called out a lot in the movie. You just kind of have to ingest it on your own. But George's car is a beautiful addition to this movie. I love that car. I would own that vehicle if given the chance. I hear you. It's it's so unique of a car. And on top of it, I almost guarantee, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but Mr. Bean and his car. Oh, Rowan Atkinson. It feels like they took inspiration from this because his car is so much like this one, but just a tad bit shittier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I, could, I could definitely see where, where they look. Very, very much alike. They're just goofy cars, but beautiful <laughs> brown goofy car that you can barely fit into. It is a 1959 Metropolitan 1500 hardtop coupe. I bet it gets terrible gas mileage. I'm gonna find out because now you <laughs> now you're making me look. I doubt it. I bet it gets wonderful gas God, mileage. It's but just they love making just huge engines for every car. But this car is so tiny. <laughs> it's got a V. 32 engine. A Nash Metropolitan. Let's see. 80 gallon tank. They had a 1200cc engine or a 1500cc engine, and it was a three speed manual transmission. I love all these words. It's like a upgraded motorcycle. So, like, you'd actually get pretty good gas mileage. But it's also made out of super heavy metal. If it was light, then yeah, you'd get good speed and stuff like that. But if they made it out of iron and steel... It looks like it's made from steel. 1,800 to 1,900 pounds. Curb weight. You're giving us all the information except for miles per gallon. Well... Okay, let me see. Um, so it listed at if you if you traveled at forty five miles an hour, you got thirty nine point four miles per gallon. Yeah, but who's God doing damn. that? If you average sixty, you got twenty seven point four. That's sounds about a little less than what you'd want. And then in traffic is thirty point one miles per gallon. So this is an in town car. Oh yeah, this, this is not is, a highway. Car. No, you are not driving on the highway. You are not going from here to Green Bay or here to Oshkosh every day. No way. Unless you go County Road A, in which case you could go forty five and be good. It's I mean, a cute you car. Could. Yes, it's a it is a very cute car. And I don't know how everyone else feels about Kevin McCarthy, but I love him as a villain because that's all I ever knew him as growing up. And this this film kind of, even though he's a really mean guy, it was a lighter movie to have him in. The damn face he makes constantly. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's also in one of the sketches in the Twilight Zone movie. Yes. That scene that film. with him in it, I as a kid, woof. 
I connected with it, but it was also that movie kind of did some numbers of freakiness on me. So, but Kevin McCarthy, great job in this film. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. You just love to hate this guy. Yep, easily. Very hateable. His character. Now, meanwhile, Raul is chucking poodles out the window, and no one <laughs> holds any grudges against him with his pile of Sticking poodles. Sticking turtles to the ceiling. Just what a terrible <laughs> man. It's such a fine line to walk when there's like animal cruelty that's part of the joke and stuff like that, but... I don't know what it is that maybe it is because we watched it as middle schoolers and that spoke to us as middle school mentality why it's funny and it's okay. Well, yeah, watching a stuffed dog fly out of windows is always going to make a child laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Which it definitely helps if you're going to have animal cruelty to make sure that it's as fake as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they didn't try to make it look real. It's like when Baxter gets kicked off the bridge in Anchorman as well, too. It's just, it's it's stuff like that, for sure. I do like there's an Interocitor reference in this film. Every film that talks about or has a reference to an Interocitor gets uh, some good points in my book. Uh, what's an Interocitor? <gasps> I had to look it's it up. It's the device the aliens send you so you can uh, travel to their world. Oh. Gotta remember the name of this movie. Hold on. This island Earth. Aha. This is UHF. An interocitor is a fictional multifunctional device that first appeared in the alien machine. From 1949. Plus, it has a <laughs> Mr. Science Theater's made for theater movie, had that film in it. and Awesome. It just, yeah. Anything with an interocitor gets a thumbs up in my book. Basic All right, let's skip on over to things that we individual didn't parts. Care. Oh my God, this is fantastic. I need to stop reading. Uh, things I don't care about. Uh, when I first watched the movie, uh, and every subsequent time, it almost feels like it's just a commercial for Weird Al's albums. <laughs> that song is so shoehorned into it. It's uh, yeah. uncomfortable. I wish there were would have been more instead of just the one. There were at least two songs. Yeah, the, the one that gets me. There's three. The one that gets me is when Uncle Harvey's out in the pool, that Let Me Be Your Hog yes. song. <laughs> it's just so shitty. <laughs> It cracks me I up so hard. I love that so song hard. so much. Yeah, especially when we get to the point where it's turning it off. It's this weird out just shouting. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But mainly the Beverly Hills song where it's just like, yeah. oh, let's pop the music video right here in the middle of the movie. You're like, okay, I get it. He fell asleep while watching a TV show. It doesn't have anything to do with the movie, though. Uh, yeah, maybe it's just what was affordable for them to put into the movie for rights. Quick, we need to pad the movie by five minutes. What do we need? Hey, I have a great idea. But for the rest of us, you know, like I remember when the original music video came out and I looked at that 3D graphics and it was just like, holy balls. That's right? amazing. Because <laughs> we had Atari at that time. Maybe uh, Mr. L was looking at uh, this movie as a way to get his music video dream off the ground so he's like you know what let's make this movie i can sell a movie and then i can put a music video in the middle of it and i can just cut the music video out and sell that as a side piece or the other way around i spent so much money on this i'm putting in this movie too because it's not getting enough traction there's no youtube yet no he had plenty of music videos before this yeah plenty and they were awesome every single one of them they got. I think they even got equal airplay on MTV back when MTV used to play music. Wait, MTV what? played music? What? Man, that was so long ago. Music television had music? 
Yeah, back in the day when I used to watch Headbangers Ball and stuff like that. Well, now it doesn't stand for music television. MTV is media television, which is really fucking stupid. Well, they had to change it because they didn't have music on their station anymore. Or at least that's the rumor. I don't even know what it is because I haven't had cable in 20 years now. It's it's reality TV, I think, most of the time. And it's all really, really god-awful. Thanks, Road Rules. You ruined it for everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Good lord. There's a lot of mullets in this movie. I'll put that under the bad category. I guess, I guess. I don't know. I'd put that under the good... I'd, I'd put it under the good category. It could be good, I guess. I mean, it feels like a parody of the time, does it not? I had a barber that was so freaking sad the day that I told him I didn't want a mullet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he, he didn't know what to do with himself. So you want me to extend the hair on top of your head? This is the peak haircut. Why do you want to do something different? You want me to do twice the amount of cutting necessary? What are you, what are you even on Get about? Get out. I don't even want your money in business anymore. <laughs> Did you bring a bowl? Kicks you out, goes in the back, grabs some combs out of the lie jar and just starts chugging. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the end of his day. <laughs> I'll go into this and I'll say, can you almost hit the nail on the head? I did part pardon off of mullets to uh, set myself up for long hair. And in order to do that, I wanted it all even. <laughs> so I basically okay. kind of okay. got the setup bowl cut at that point. It didn't look good for a while. More of a... More of the old uh, Uma Uma Thurman rather than uh, Mo Howard, though, huh? Mo Howard? From uh, the Three Stooges. Oh, no, it was, I'd say, like, someone on Saved by the Bell probably was a more accurate portrayal of that haircut. It's all right. Or did you have more of an Emo Phillips haircut? You see, it probably grew into an Emo Phillips for a while without the bangs. (laughs) I'll agree to that. I had, you, when you grow your hair out long from short, you always have that weird time period. And luckily no one was around to see mine. (laughs) We're all locked up. I managed to luck out and never got bull cut. My parents were very staunchly like, oh, you're going to get your hair cut? No, you're just going to get it all cut. No, no, none of these stupid haircuts. (laughs) None of these fads. That's the devil is in those haircuts. Don't you bring up rat tails or or bull cuts (laughs) or mullets. You're not getting any of that shit. Thank you, parents, for being reasonable. (laughs) (laughs) I'll throw out one last thing here for what I'll put in the bad category. Now, meanwhile, when I said that the Noodles character was handled very well, I'm going to say that the way that they handled... Stanley? No, Stanley's fine, in my opinion. He's all right. It's the... Asians in the movie oh, that I feel yeah. so, so Cooney, Cooney and his group. Yeah. yeah. It's, it leans heavily on racist tropes. Does it though? <laughs> but but Cooney's having so much fun in the movie. It's hard. It It is hard to deal with because he's not treated poorly for those tropes, but they're depending on the tropes to make people laugh. Yeah. yeah. Wheel of Fish awesome it's funny it's not dependent <laughs> on the tropes i i don't know i i feel like they knew what they were doing because did you guys watch the deleted scenes at all there's deleted no. scenes nope. oh man um yeah you, you know those weird guys during the fundraiser you know those weird guys at the fundraiser <laughs> yeah oh, that right. was like a whole yes. thing the, like weird al basically took a trip through everything they cut and like all the scenes that were too long all the random characters that were cut from the movie as well. Those guys had like a full minute 
Like, they just ran around doing stuff and actually talked and shit. What? There was one that they actually did remove, and Weird Al basically just stared at the camera after they played the clip. He's like, yeah, wasn't that great? Or something along those lines. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, uh... It's something along the lines of, like, those darn homos or something Ooh. like that. And it was just basically two two gay guys, and it was... I, I can't remember what the show was about even, but... They cut that, and he understood that they needed to cut that, and he just looked at the camera and realized, like, yeah, this is a fuck-up. They cut that, huh? Yeah. He, he when did this cut movie that come 89. 88 or 89? 89, okay. They cut that out that early. Wow, okay. Yeah, there were plenty other movies that decided nice. to go with that kind of mentality. Good on yeah. them for cutting that. Yeah, and it didn't age well. Unlike, you know, this movie actually kind of does in its way age it's, well. It's still a capsule it, of its time. It, it is a capsule of its time. It's something Absolutely. you can enjoy, but there are things that pull you out of it because of how things are handled. And I think, I don't know, Stanley Spadowski is a character who I feel like they weigh too heavily on the fact that he is mentally disabled see and i i would disagree i feel like he's just he's full of childhood wonderment no he is uh the guy from grapes of wrath yeah they outright have him saying a line basically from the book i can't remember the name of that character which is stupid but um, it's one of those those, it's that stupid I, i found it i found it it's two gentlemen in in very very short shorts and uh, colorful clothing, running around a circular table in a kitchen, swatting each other with fly swatters. And then it just, <laughs> it's just a—it's an opening commercial, so it's not, it wasn't like a full bit. It was one of those commercials that played, and it was just like, and tune in, blah, 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 for, for those darn homos. And yeah, he just <laughs> stares at the screen. He's like, yeah. <laughs> so he, he knew. I'm glad they cut that. He knew what to cut. <laughs> so I'm wondering where, where Cooney fits in with this, being either, you know, a timepiece are we staring into a time capsule again, or what? It is not the worst of the Asian stereotypes that have been portrayed in films, but it is there, mm. and I—it's one of those yeah. things that I'm just like, no. Oh. It's not Ben. It's not Ben levels of uh, racism with the Indian character in. Uh, oh, no, it's not uh, at that short level. Circuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it is present. It, it draws a fine line. Yeah. It draws a fine line. That's for sure. Noah is the Grapes of Wrath character. Noah Jode. That really? Lenny is not his name or something like that? No, that's of mice and yeah, men. Yeah, Lenny's of mice and men. Oh, I had the wrong book then. Sorry. I meant of mice and men. He's the one who kills the yeah. kills the rabbit or the mouse. Yeah, so yeah, he quotes Lenny from Of Mice and Men. So yes, you could say he's mentally disabled. You know, it's tough. it's it's, it's a sticky really it's a sticky it, point. It like I really like that he went from being this like abused character to having a really important role in the movie. Yeah, he's he's motivational yeah. to hundreds of people. And everyone loved these, him. These floors are dirty as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Sometimes you got to get in there and pull that stuff out. Got to get in there with a toothbrush. Just there's <laughs> like there's so much to it. The mop speech is very good. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah, and and for me, it's like I I tried to watch it and and think, does Michael Richards ruin this role for me now? And no. Oh, it because doesn't. of his outburst? No. Same here. I mean, if you want to hold all his past work against him because of who he is as a person, you're also hurting all the other people in the film that deserve to be part of this success. So I would really advise against saying, oh, I'm not going to watch this movie because this racist asshole is in it. He, even though he's a major player, 
he's not the only major player of the movie and don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yeah. It's the same thing. Uh, Baby Driver. Another wonderful film. Kevin Spacey. Is it ruining the film because Kevin Spacey was in it? I would not suggest throwing the baby out with the bathwater on that film either because it's a damn good movie. Yes, terrible things have come to light about Kevin Spacey, but it doesn't ruin the film. I refuse to let that ruin that film. Oh, what do people say? It's just because, like, just because the actors have become terrible people doesn't mean you can't enjoy things that actually made you happy before how awful they are came to light. Yeah, it's not like I'm going to go back and watch episodes of The Cosbys and not laugh because it was written well. And and it's not like I'm going to, you know, in the back of my mind be like, I can't crack a smile because I know what he did. The Cosbys was still a very foundational show. I'm not going to go back and enjoy enjoy Kramer. Yeah, same like, here. I'm not going to not enjoy Kramer because probably, of what Probably the only reason I enjoyed watching Seinfeld was for Kramer. Yeah, Kramer and Newman for me. It's just like, I'm not going to not enjoy Seinfeld because Michael Richards later in life decided to have a rant at a at a comedy club. It's like, I get it. The, the cancel culture is very strong. You do one thing wrong and you just, you don't exist. You don't exist anymore. Where it's That happened 15 years ago. I know, I know. It's, it's like, I, I try to think, like, how would that have gone over now? I agree, like, there needs to be repercussions, things need to happen, but removing history because of something, it's it's difficult. It's a, it's a tricky conversation, but then again, same thing. I mean, we're removing Confederate stuff because obviously it's wrong. It shouldn't have ever been sitting around. And, uh, yeah, that's a little it, different. It's reevaluation. That's a little different. I, I know, it's just like, exactly. It's like, where does the line get drawn? That's, that's it, it's tough. It's a very, very tough conversation. I'm all for people making mistakes, doing the time for your mistakes, and being able to come out of that. I don't know if a lot of people are thirsty for allowing people to go through that process these days, even in criminal justice. And that's a a really stretch, but it's the same thing. We are teetering on the edge of a rabbit hole that we do not have time to go (laughs) down. We are at the end of this episode, and we're about to take on the criminal justice system of the United States of America. It's about time. That (laughs) needs to be taken down, and we're better than a silly movie podcast. Take care of that. All right. Has anyone's (laughs) opinion of this film changed since uh, you now watched it from when you originally watched it? No. I still love it. I will continue watching it. I love this movie. I don't think that this movie is a giant music video ad anymore. I I, I, uh, enjoy the entirety of the movie. I still kind of wish it was. I wish it would have been. I wish there would have been more more of the music video. No. At least at least the the Beverly Hillbillies like parody in that case. It needed one more of that quality and not the the hog one. It was just weird. He's saying UHF at the end. Yes. The UHF Mm -hmm. at the end is amazing. But that's the end of the movie. That wasn't like during it. It wasn't part. Let's go get a a compilation of all of his music videos. Stay for the credits, goddammit. These people worked hard on this movie, I assume. (laughs) I would love to hear some like crew commentary when they were filming this. Oh, there's some good stuff in the the, uh, behind the scenes on... I don't know if you guys have the DVD or Blu-ray or if you watch it on Amazon. I watch but... it on Amazon. Oh, gotcha. I've got I've got the original press DVD, and it, it's got behind the scenes. Oh, like look it actually, at you. I, I had no idea it was so rare until they decided to do the 25th for or anniversary. I, I guess they stopped printing it on 
VHS and then when it hit DVD, like people lost their minds, I guess, because prior to that, copies were selling for anywhere from like 50 to 100 bucks. Wow. Something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, I watched the behind the scenes and it's really enjoyable. They go through filming a lot of the scenes, you know, Cooney laughing off off the side and then jumping onto the little platform for Wheel of Fish. And, <laughs> you know, Weird Al actually handing out fish to children afterwards. He's <laughs> got a cooler. He's got a cooler full of all the fish from the wheel. And he's asking each kid, like, and where are you from? What's your name? And he's like, okay, cool. And he hands him, like, a fish and says, I want you to take this as a memory. And it's just one fish after one <laughs> fish after one fish. Like, the it just looked like a blast. <laughs> is it? Like, this is Mr. Al doing the, uh, just interacting with people who are on the movie, not yeah. part of the movie, right? Yeah. And it's, That's amazing. You can, you can tell That's everybody so was just so happy and having fun. I love hearing stories about people like that. Tulsa is very proud of this movie, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, and I, I guess Weird Al is still very fond of Tulsa. It's, it, he still thinks fondly back to Tulsa for the for the filming of this. So, does it stand up? I'm going to say yes, with the caveat of you have to be willing to accept those mullets. Yep. Yeah, I, I would say it's almost it was almost ahead of its time. Like, I would say that it wasn't ready. And the bigger issue here, hands down, was the timing it was released. This movie got screwed over so damn hard. Do you guys know what all came out in the time that this film did? No. Oh, no. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Ghostbusters oh, 2, Jesus. Lethal Weapon 2. Like, it was just a landslide of movies coming out at the same exact time. Totally <laughs> explains why it's skipped through my fingers when it came out. Yup. You said 89, and I know Batman, yeah. the first Batman came Batman, out that yes, yeah. Batman came out as well, too. Like, are you kidding me? The amount of, like, ridiculously memorable, like, capstone movies... <laughs> like Hallmark movies came out at the same damn time. Here's here's a better list: Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Ghostbusters Two, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Lethal Weapon Two, Batman, License to Kill, When Ooh. Harry Met Sally, Weekend at Bernie's. It was not Whoa, good. Was like right. Jesus. That was a summer of fucking movies, man. Mm-hmm. An AV Club in retrospective, based off this wiki article, called UHF a sapling among the redwoods, and that is the best yeah. way to describe it. It is so sad that that happened. It's such a fun movie, and unfortunately, it's uh, I can't say that it holds water against any of the, a lot of those movies. No, it just never stood a chance. But it's a different move. It's a different style movie altogether. So it's hard to compare this movie to those ones. Yeah, it's 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 difficult too because Orion was facing some uh, financial straits at that point, and I guess the stigma behind this film was that they really honestly thought that this movie was going to turn things around and, you know, be a huge hit for them and bring them back from the brink. And they put everything into it. They let, you know, Weird Al go nuts with this movie and have fun. And they saw the dailies and loved it. And it was just, they really, truly believed in this film. It's just, it got crapped on because of everything else coming out. Weird Al still states that in, I think it was Orion specifically, but in, in the history of Orion doing test screenings, it still had the highest rating of any movie that they ever showed, which I don't, disagree with i don't disbelieve it's just you're never gonna come up against those movies and come out on top never well that was us picking the box instead of taking the red snapper by watching uhf rewound but not rebooted don't you dare try to reboot this movie don't you dare He's talked about a sequel. Sequel, yes. Sequel, will, yeah. Sequel, you I will be He's on hinted. board with that. It's hard, though, because this film made Weird Al 
completely abandon Hollywood and not do any more films for... I can imagine. But he has yeah, so I much mean... more power now. I say that. Like, yeah, so, oh, he's so powerful. Uh, but I think he has more sway <laughs> now than 89. I would agree. I would agree. Uh, he probably also has more sway than you and I both have. So. <laughs> There's that. Yes. If anyone stands a chance to get UHF 2 going... It's going to be Weird Al. Yeah. It's going to be tricky to launch a UF, UHF station in these the days of... <laughs> oops, where'd my antenna go? Well, we'll see what they do if they ever try to do it. In the meantime, please like, rate, review, comment, subscribe, share. Do all those damn things that we gotta do so that we gotta get... Something. Or just enjoy it. You can just enjoy this. Enjoy it. Or, or, or Joe, they could send us some gifts because, you know, nothing says I love you like the gift of a spatula. Aww. But we don't have a P.O. box. Oh, that's true. Just, just hand it over to your mail... Uh, delivery man and say give this to the rewinders podcast sir and he'll say aye aye captain it'll find its way it'll get here <laughs> and he'll throw it uh, right in the trash bin that will come to us i was gonna say you can just you know send us pictures of <gasps> spatulas on social that media. would be awesome yeah do that send us spatula pictures uh no context please no context no 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 no, no videos either i don't want to get weird spatula spanking videos we just want pictures <laughs> <laughs> to our Facebook or Twitter. That's it. Yeah, we don't have an Instagram or TikTok. We That's have fine. enough social media. We have enough. I don't really manage well enough to begin with, so why add more? <laughs> so come back in two weeks where next time we will cover... Why can't I think of the movie? I'm the one who suggested it. Um, Never oh, ending yeah, story. That's right. Never ending story. Oh, that's no. right. How did we forget? I forgot. Oh, no. My brain just dropped oh. out of my skull and left an empty hole, and my mouth gaped wide open. <laughs> I'm like, the, Joe, would you say that oh, the nothing just took the over your head? Nothing did move into my head. Oh, never. Oh, no. Oh, my God. Did, did you lose your brain in the swamps of sadness? We'll come back in two weeks when we rewind again. No, again! But it's, I, it's, it's, this is gonna be I'm fun. Sad. Oh, he's been nothinged. There's nothing we can do now. You saddened me. He had such strong hands. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay, now I'm sad. <laughs> now I'm just picturing Dan on a racing snail. Picture Dan on a racing snail and it all Whee! goes away. Everything's happy again. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time uh, for snail races. That... <laughs> Makes me much, much happier. Thank you.
Dan, you're in the you're in the doghouse, no. so just make sure to watch out for guys named Raul. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>